Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. Welcome to episode 135. We have been to the cinema to watch Talk To Me. We've got something to scream about in the middle section. We're going to be talking about the future of cinema, which will be an interesting conversation. And our movie from the vault is going to be Deliverance. And on this episode, we have a very special guest. He's, he's a very good friend of ours, and he's been on the podcast before. It's John, Alley Cat John, as we call him. How you doing, buddy? Squeal like a pig! I should have said, I should have said, he sure has got a pretty mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. You all right? All good. good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on again, mate. Yes, yeah, it's, nice. it's too nice long. To be here. Yep. Good, good, excellent. Let's get let's get into things. What have you guys been up to this week? Well, well, I've been watching <laughs> some fucking lot of alien stuff, like weird, weird, like fire in the sky, which you, you recommend. finally watched it. Yeah, a bit of TV movie ish, um, but yeah, not bad. Pretty, I get what you're saying. Like there was a, there's like a weird moment in it, which was pretty freaky. Um, so I went and watched another one called um, Night Skies as well, which is about it's kind of a truish story around Las Vegas. And again, it is very TV movie ish, but again, probably a little bit freakier than the Far in the Sky, I think. Uh, maybe oh, okay. because the aliens sort of just like pop up from nowhere and stuff. But it did have they were very similar in their approach and showing the sort of like almost skyline approach to sort of like you know what the fuck these aliens are doing and alien autopsy and all that sort of stuff so yeah pretty pretty damn good um student body i watched as well movie with um kevin smith's daughter oh i thought i thought you were gonna say student bodies no student body it was, oh, right, it was okay. not as good as probably student bodies <laughs> <laughs> a lot of off 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 uh, camera kills and stuff like that and it had like one blood splatter moment um what's her name Haley Haley Quinn Swift Haley Quinn Smith another movie for her to sort of like try her acting chops that out on so yeah a couple of uh, uh, treats there and um Oppenheimer which is a horror you know very Christopher Nolan's doing quite well in the box office for obvious reasons sold out everywhere in that 70 millimeter print it, it, that Oppenheimer movie was something else. It was, it was pretty. I don't know if anyone else has seen it in the last couple of weeks. No, John hasn't. I know I went with you, Matt. Paul, you've seen it. It was just, it was, um, it was, a, it was an experience, definitely. <laughs> the, the funniest thing I've seen online is like somebody put on a picture, a screenshot of like an IMAX theater, and like it was completely sold out, apart from like the first two roll, rows, and there's like one seat taken in the front row and somebody's put like who the hell has booked that seat because they're just on their own just yeah. one person right the front row i'm like that's gonna be shit yeah. especially on an island it's so big Isn't it? yeah <laughs> you'd be licking killian murphy's chin <laughs> was it good, so good though yeah uh, oh my yeah, god often home mate honestly it was it was fantastic um really interesting like i took so much off away from it like from his weirdly from a, like an historical point of view like all this, this what for me as well learning some of the scientists names 
like Heisenberg was like one. Obviously, you heard that watching oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. I didn't even know the connection between that. And also, like, I didn't realize that Albert Einstein was still alive as well. All that sort of stuff, the relationship between him and Oppenheimer. It was just like, whoa. I, I thought for some reason, I, I, I Einstein obviously it was pre nine. Pre- yeah, you think of him being like years and years and years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's mad. That, was, that was bizarre. Um, Definitely yeah, learning like experience. Time, though, he sort of, it had been sort of put out the pasture a bit because um, I think a lot of his theories got like debunked during that sort of time um, but obviously still still a great mind but yeah the film's phenomenal like so well acted the cast is unbelievable and just when you think you've had enough stars one more just randomly appears it's amazing but yeah it's, it's so good and it's expect loud. to clean up the Oscars yeah it's it's loud like the fucking I've never seen something so I mean to see it in IMAX so I must must be a complete di- I, I, I'd be ble- my ears would be bleeding if I watched it in IMAX, I can't. Well, it was mostly people talking in rooms and stuff, though, no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. is. It is. It's a very, very talky film, but it's so well acted and so well shot. It's really. I know really he good. likes his score, doesn't he, old Nolan? He likes yeah. to cram as much score as possible into his films. I can imagine. Pretty much doesn't stop the whole way through. No, you have to, you have to, you have to make sure your brain's engaged when you first go into it. Because it does, if you, it leaves you behind a bit if you don't sort of, if you're not ready for it. Yeah, even if you like go to the toilet, you're going to miss stuff. Like you, you'll miss one line, and then the whole film won't make sense. You, you just be like, what? <laughs> like the whole the hour, I thought the whole time I was watching Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, the, imagination, the imagination game with um, Ben Dick as Alan Turing. It's sort of like there were bits in it where I'm like because this whole premise is like very jfk there's a bit of a courtroom ish in it with the whole robert downey jr character who's is bound to win some kind of oscar um but it was very much like that sort of moment where i was like what the f-? i just learning like all this stuff like the whole thing about them trying to kind of build a whole conspiracy around his sort of russian connect it so-called russian connections and stuff like that um yeah it was it was just learning experience more than anything about you know it's good because you, you don't really get much history on the uh atom bomb and stuff you know what i mean ah. it's, so it's just sort of glossed over like even when it, before the film was coming out i was trying to get like educate myself on what what like went on and stuff you know all you know is they dropped the bomb on japan and that was it really <laughs> i was like i want to know more than that i want to know what was the full process and everything behind it you know and that, like looking online and stuff it was pretty vague you know yeah, yeah. I, I imagine it like the fuck that was kept under rats because the fucking guilt like what they you know these so you know scientists and sort of trying to move forward with science but at the same time that the consequences is just absolutely huge yeah it was it was crazy but there you go that's my couple of weeks who wants to go next geordie paul over in france <laughs> yeah this is an international episode of the podcast i'm actually on currently on holiday in france um, but I couldn't miss up the chance to uh, speak to John. Um, so I thought I'd best dial in. But yeah, I've actually watched quite a bit, lads, to be honest. Um, I started um, a random film of the week on the random horror channel, Hellraiser 3. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one in the disco, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the random fucking statue. I that comes kind of like that one, to be fair. <laughs> I do. Uh, well, I'm expecting to take full brunt of your wrath on this, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't. It wasn't. It was a bit too. 
bit too shit for me. <laughs> Not even the Cenobite with all the CDs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You've got to admit, just... the bit when he walks into the church and says, I am the way is pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, it's the, as, as ever with these films, there are there are glorifying moments, but just as a whole sort of piece, it's it just screams of starting to bleed as much money out of a franchise as we possibly can. <laughs> well, there's, there's yeah. 10 of them, so... <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, it was it was all right, but again, just yeah. Uh, when you go and watch the sequels after that, it makes Hellraiser three look like Citizen Kane in punk <laughs> Yeah, especially when the next one's set in space. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, to be honest, lads, it didn't get better from there because I then went and watched Venom: Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> what? Oh, I mean, which I, is I, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. So I actually contemplated turning it off about halfway through, but I thought I'd best stick with it. So, oh my God. <laughs> it should be impossible to make a bad film with Venom and Carnage in it, but they did it. So, um, and I can't wait for Venom 3 to come out. Yay. Woo. But yeah, so now, <laughs> fucking hell. Dog shit. Absolute dog shit. So apologies if we've got the director of that. Oh, it's Andy Serkis. Sorry, Andy. Shit. Um, yeah. Then um, I watched one of my favourite horror films of the last... It's probably 20 years now. I always say 10, but then I'm getting old. So uh, I watched Stakeland. Oh, cool. The okay. vampire movie. Who's the, who's the lead of that? It's a guy called Nick Dimitri. Um, Loads of little random sort of acting credits. But yeah, really good. I love that film. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. Considering like it's an independent sort of horror film. Um. Yeah, it does some interesting stuff with like vampires and uh, cultists and stuff. So, and it's got Kelly McGillis from Top Gun in it. Um, yeah, who who shows aging doesn't always you don't end, always end up like Tom Cruise when you age. Um, wow. So yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a brilliant film. So uh, yeah, uh, I watched that. Uh, I watched a film on uh, Amazon Prime called When the Lights Go Out. Um, it's uh, it's based in Sheffield. <laughs> and of course, space and shepherd. Hey, oh, love. All right. Um, and it's basically around the 1974 blackouts. Uh, a family moving into a house, and some weird shit starts going on. But it's pretty low budget. Uh, it sort of tries to pull off a concept that doesn't really get. Um, there's a couple of little creepy moments in it, but overall, it was a bit. It was a bit meh. Um, I think it was. I think it was reaching too high, to be honest. Um, and then I watched. I went. Obviously, I went to see. Uh, Oppenheimer. Um, I know it's, this is definitely not a horror, but I want to say the turtles and fucking loved it. So, um, and then I don't know, mate. It's got some definitely loads of horror elements in there. Yeah, well, yeah, mutants. Um, but then I just wanted to mention, um, again, not strictly horror, but Jesus Christ, did it unsettle me? A documentary called The Deepest Breath. Yes, I think we all watched that, didn't we, John? You've not have you seen this? I've not seen this. No. Oh my God, John! So I'm not gonna—I won't go into it because I think to go yeah, into don't it, spoil it. Off it, but it's basically about free diving. So diving to 100 meter depth on one breath of air and coming back up. All right. I won't say any more, but it's 100% worth a watch because in the first five minutes, if they don't grab all the air, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> oh, really? oh, cool. it's, a, it's a documentary, but, like true life. All right. It, it is very good, and the less you know about it. The less you know about going in, it's better. It, it's it's one of the documentaries that comes around, and it's it it's it's amazing. So okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that was me this week. Oh, cool. What about you, John? What have you been up to? Um, yeah, I've just been um, taking it easy the past week or so, kicking back because it was my birthday, wasn't it? A 
couple of weeks ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. And 21. <laughs> and um, I had a lot of cash in my pocket. And I said, as I said earlier, I went and took advantage of the uh, sales in HMV. Oh, yes. a nice big stack of like arrow video releases and uh, 88 films and stuff so well what was your star by what do you think you what was uh the one thing that you think yes this is the thing oh i don't know yet to be fair i, I mean it's a bit of a mixed bag so what you just randomly picked quite a lot of yeah a lot of the titles stuff. i just looked at the cover and thought oh that looks cool <laughs> i love doing that for him, <laughs> one way. was a recommendation. I don't know who it was. But I think it was a couple of episodes ago. You said about two witches. Yes. Yeah, I still haven't watched that. I liked it. <laughs> I think you owe me eight ninety nine on that one. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you to anybody to go and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> now give it, give it its due. I was really into the first half. I think <laughs> uh, it was really cool. Like I, I was quite like, low budge. Yeah, it's low budget, but I thought that was working towards its benefit in the beginning because I was mm. holding back on a lot of scares. And the witch, when she was just like peering through the window and stuff, was really like ominous, you know? It was really yeah, like, yeah. creepy. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And as it went on, it was like, oh, I didn't know where the story was going and stuff. So it kept me intrigued. But then, doesn't it? Like, it's about halfway through the film and then it just comes to a grinding stop almost. Mm, mm. And then it starts another story. I was like, oh well, that's great, then, isn't it? So, and then the other story, I just felt completely just shit the bed. I was like, I've got no interest in this. Well, how does it connect with the other one? And it kind of does. And there's more than two witches. There's a whole gang of. It should be called the Gang of Witches, shouldn't it? Really? I don't know. I like that title, Gang. <laughs> and when it got to the end of the second story, I was like, all right, I'm really intrigued now because you're just throwing weird stuff out there without any like narrative. So maybe you're going to wrap it all up in the last five minutes or so, and it just comes up with a big screen at the end that says to be continued so it's like <laughs> i mean i'm i'm in <laughs> <laughs> i did like the scene when the guy was levitating and for no reason whatsoever they just ripped his pants off oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the witch like kind of used some sort of powers to just take take his underwear off without me in there it's quite amazing really <laughs> she was trying to basically just assault him wasn't she i think <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> but, um, oh my yeah um and what was the other arrow video release there was one watch this week called Girl, girls night out okay yeah it had like a bear on the front with like a freddy krueger oh like, oh yes yes i've heard that's shocking uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best i mean it was running the mill 80 slasher i quite like the concept because the killer is like in a high school mascot bear costume so that was yeah, and you had no idea who the killer was, and it did a good job of like having you guessing, kind of way Scream does, like it was a precursor to Scream. Mm. But again, another by the time it got to the end, it kind of fobbed you off, and it was like, oh, it's this girl that you saw for three minutes at the beginning. So ah. yeah, and it's so one of these films where a lot of the kills are off screen and stuff. So that was a disappointment. Um, there was the Arrow Video box set that I was very pleased with. The oh, looks amazing. video store um as you said it's got some classics in there the Dweller, robot jocks arena i mean arena the oh where there's like a boxing guy and he's on a space station and he has to punch aliens arena arena yeah it's the whole film set around uh you know the humans fighting aliens in a boxing ring 100%. <laughs> 
I you need would that. see the artwork of the video, you would have seen it in the video shop. It was one of those that was always on the shelf, wasn't it? Always. Yeah. I, I picked I picked it up. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. Still not, but I used to pick it up all the time. It's one of those. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird because like uh, it's funny with it because the whole set is based on Empire Pictures. So there was like a company that produced a lot of films in the eighties for like straight to video. So a lot yeah. of like films you probably seen you didn't realize it was the same company like From Beyond, Reanimator, Dolls, Salvador, Ghoulies. It was all part of this in-house like production team that would like make films on a low budget but like you could just do anything you wanted so if you had a crazy concept about boxing aliens then you could just run with it you know (laughs) and it was all like one of the things that and it's all shot on like 35 mil so they all look great and they're like that like the main focus was like on having like the presentation of the films you know be as high as possible and like the special makeup effects like all the monsters and and stuff like the aliens in the arena was amazing I was, watching it, I was like they can't even replicate that today like in ma- most major films you know nah, mm, true Indiana, Indiana Jones <laughs> oh bullshit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's quite it kind of like a kind of like a weird mel- melancholy nostalgia feeling watching it because I was like oh it's a shame because you're never going to have that or well, we might do now that most of these major films are bombing now it's like they're yeah. but it was nice to see like a, a period in time where it's just like look, any ideas could go through. Like they were just happy to make anything yeah. on like next to no budget. You know what I mean? And, and care care about the product. It wasn't just like you know sometimes with trauma just kick stuff out and you think oh they just there's just it, uh, there's not much craft in it. They're just trying to be as shocking or grotesque or whatever as possible. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. totally. Like, it's like when they keep going on about making another Gremlins movie. The reason that the whole reason why they won't make another one is because the the actual puppets cost so much to make. Mm. If they're going to do it, they have to use animatronic puppets, and that's going to cost so much money. Yeah, They've got the fucking money. money. They're making bank. Let them fucking spend the money. Stop going in the fucking pockets. We'll we'll get into that later. You hold (laughs) hold fire. (laughs) All right, man. Anything else for you, John? Oh, and yeah, the last one I watched, I uh, finally got around to watching The Batman, which I missed upon release. So, What did you think? What, um... Oh, Twilight Boy. Yeah. Twilight Boy. Wow. I liked it. I I thought I was going to love it, but I ended up just thinking it was very good. Like, I didn't... It wasn't like a five-star movie for me. It was kind of like a four-star movie. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It it sort of got you entertained, but you kind of wanted it to be, like, groundbreaking. Mm. But, yeah, it was was a good movie. I haven't re-watched it yet. I liked it. I really liked how... Like for the majority of the movie, it's a kind of a small story where it's just like it almost felt like Seven, but with Batman, where he's just like That's exactly how picking I up the clues of what the Riddler's leaving and like you know and just using you know, investigating the crime scenes. And it was a very much small scale, and most focus was like on the environment, on the city, and it wasn't like crazy like I don't know the city's about to implode or whatever. Yeah. Until we got to the end. <laughs> it always has to be. <laughs> and I was a bit like, oh, you went there. You had to yeah. have like, like the city being like set on like, floods happening and being blown up and stuff. And it's like, almost I, like they got to the end and were like, hang on a minute, this is great, but we haven't had any kind of catastrophe. Just yeah. put it in at the end. Yeah, I think that was my like a probably like a one of the suits decision, you know, like mm-hmm, yeah. and this is what the people want. And, and the running time, it was just a bit too long, I think. Yeah. <laughs> cut down yeah it's different, I, I, it's different I, enough, I, isn't it? 
too long. Yeah. And nice. they could have no, cut, no. even though I love the penguin in it, they could have cut all that storyline out. True, yeah. It could have just been focused on it. was a lot of characters, wasn't there, for that. I thought, yeah. I mean I enjoyed Catwoman, but I don't know if she was really necessary either, to be fair. I don't know. I could mm. do it with just him and Riddler. Um, Defo. Matt, what you got? Um, I've basically watched um, a film on Netflix. No, sorry, not Netflix. Uh, Shudder called Quicksand. About um, you, got, you got through it. A, yeah, just about a couple of, of uh, a couple go into like they go to Colombia on something and they they go hiking and then they get get caught in some quicksand and they have to use. It's a bit like you know one of those films that's all shot in one place and they have to figure out how they're getting out and it, it was okay but i think they could have done better with it it's just like but yeah it's like um yeah i wouldn't waste your time but if you've got a spare like 90 minutes maybe go and bang it out but other than that nah um and i also watched creep show too just for shits and giggles because it's a great movie <laughs> we also yeah. got we also Is got that the, the one with in it the blob by the raft is it the raft yeah that's it the raft yes. yeah, the, raft yeah and uh can i get a ride or whatever it is thanks for yeah. the ride lady isn't it? that's mental <laughs> i love that the indian, it's great the, the one with the indian that statue that comes alive that's right correct um, we also got a screener, Matt, didn't we? We got the we opportunity. We got the opportunity to go um, watch uh, uh, Cobweb, which is due. It's out in America, but due out very, very soon in the UK. Um, Anthony Starr, Lindsay Kaplan in it. Um, pr- the trailer's out there at the moment. It looks fantastic, and it was it was a good little movie. Not bad. I'm sure we'll be reviewing it for the pod eventually. Yeah, definitely. Should we get on to some real news then? Go for it. John, what you got? Oh, just uh, just that the Exorcist trailer dropped. I think was it last week. Yeah. Uh, Hell Ex- yeah. Exorcist, Exorcist, the believer. Yeah. Now, I, I, I was kind of on the fence before the trailer came out. I was kind of intrigued. I mean, say what you will about the Halloween films. I quite, I thought like David Gordon Green was did all right. Like I was quite intrigued to see what he was going to do with the exorcist you know i mean i did i was probably one of the only people that actually quite enjoyed halloween ends and i was just like yeah i'll be interested to see what he brings to the table because like at least with that one he tried to do something different within the halloween canon so i thought oh it's not going to just be like a fucking you know cookie cutter copy of what the exorcist was True. But then as as time went on, I heard some negative reviews from like pre-screenings and stuff. So I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. But it's, it's just people, you know, just hating on it because there was a lot of hate with Halloween ends and stuff. Um, but when the trailer dropped last week, my jaw was just on the floor at how terrible <laughs> it actually looked. I mean, just in terms of visual aspect, to me, it looked like it was filmed for the sci-fi channel. It was just like everything about it was just so bland. I just didn't have any of the vibes like you know when like those Halloween traders dropped dropped sorry they, they just literally like really got the essence of Halloween you saw those traders and you just like yeah they've nailed it expect like the look was perfect but with this it didn't I was expecting like you know to be like kind of dark and somber and misty streets you know like the that classic like when he steps out in front of the house yeah, yeah. and that. But this is like, 
opens up and it's set in like some high school like it's like a netflix drama like riverdale or something you know and it's just mm-hmm. like i don't know the girls in it didn't scare me the bit when she walked into the into the church and she's covered in blood to me it looked like it was like the cheap blood you buy at like the joke shop when it's halloween you know what i mean it's just like everything i don't know it just I, I was not impressed if you compare it to like the likes of the i mean i don't know if this is a popular opinion the nun 2 trailer and stuff like that like there's literally bits in that where i'm jumping out my seat like in the trailer so i mean i don't know if the movie's gonna you know do the same but at least the trailer sort of i, I saw the nun trailer too because that played directly after the exorcist when we went to see uh what you call it talk to me and I said, I turned to Ziv and I said, that looks infinitely more scary than The Exorcist. <laughs> yes, yes. The problem with the number two trailer is you've probably seen all the scary bits in the trailer. <laughs> well, we'll see. But, you know, I mean, you know, we're, yeah. Right. But, yeah, I agree. It's, it's an interesting one. Considering there's, like, been quite a few trailers dropped. I mean, Saw X as well has also dropped. That looks like it's... Uh, a mammoth trailer. <laughs> it's a big trailer. A lot of reveals. Lots of traps. Yeah, lots of stuff going on that I didn't really want to fucking see. And it looks like maybe the, they're trying to go back to the first movie. But we'll see. I don't know. Spiral. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a prequel, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. What the f- I can't, no, I can't not, pay attention wait, enough to like when all the fucking things are going in. They're all like going on at the same time. They obviously lost it a bit with Spiral. And they want to go back to him uh what's um i don't know yeah but what, what they do though and they've already done it because they've said it in the trailer is they've made him the hero yeah Wish. And that, like why it's a, like, it's i know a, it's murdering it's people a, in grotesque ways but like it's like justifying it and i hate it when they do that shit because you just like it doesn't it doesn't become scary then it doesn't become a horror it's like well they deserved it I mean, they were all dickheads anyway so you don't really feel sorry for them yeah, I need a bit. I need that whole. I need them not to be asked. We'll see. We'll see with the character development. I'd almost like, do you know what? I'd almost like one of the Saw films to go right. I'm going to take a group of people. You're going to think they're all bastards, but actually, it turns out that Jigsaw then kills them because they're all bastards. But it turns out that Jigsaw's being framed. They're not actually all bastards. They're all like fucking saints. But some sadistic serial killers like set them all up to do one on Jigsaw as well. See, that would be quite a good cool ending. Twist <laughs> on the franchise. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't share my idea with the world because obviously the the the, the guilds won't let me. <laughs> Fair enough. Is anybody else in, impressed with the Exorcist trailer? Because I just ragged on it. Like I actually, <laughs> I actually quite liked it, to be honest, John. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I was I was pleasantly surprised with Evil Dead Rise. I didn't like the trailers to that at all. And when I saw it at the cinema, I loved it. So you know. Yes, yeah, no, you're right. Maybe they've done that. it. I mean, maybe they, maybe they've hold, held something back, and because a lot the of the problem, trailers, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. By including original cast members, and by sort of really setting it in in the actual sort of like canon of the original film, they've set a bar for themselves, which is probably astronomically too high. But I think they're gonna have to hit a lot of right notes when you're gonna include all like the the original stuff. It's going to have to be pretty much perfect to impress anyone. I don't know. Matt, me and Matt were talking the other day and like with watching Talk to Me and stuff like that. And, and we're obviously going to go that in a minute and kind of how that's setting apart a kind of new generation of horror at, in a very clever way. Um, Exorcist needs to do that. It needs to appeal to a newer crowd of horror. 
and I don't know. But they're also it, they they've got to also appeal to the masses. That's the problem. Yeah, they've got to make money. A, well, horror's making loads of money at the moment. It's like how they the fuck are they going to make money? But they're already they're already like four hundred million in the hole because like that's how much <laughs> Jason Blum had to pay Warner Brothers to get the rights to The Exorcist. So maybe that's why the film ended up looking a bit cheap in my eyes. Maybe they had to <laughs> save on the production costs. Let's know. just hope it's very DIY and, and it's wow. approach. Anything I would say, yeah, you bring back legacy characters, but I don't want it to be like how the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was with Netflix. You know what I mean? That's that's what my... With, the, with Halloween, you could tell Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to be in it. She wanted to be a part, a part of it. And it all felt like very, like... They were fans of Halloween and it felt very family like orientated, you know, just everyone bringing everyone back because they really loved the franchise. With this, it also got like an eerie feeling when David Gordon Green said he didn't want to do it, but he just couldn't turn down the paycheck. So, <laughs> well, so. the thing is, the thing is, it's, it's a trilogy, isn't it, as well? So. Well, now, cut it back now to just two movies, apparently. <laughs> oh, is it just two now? Yeah. Warning signs, alarm bells. The Exorcist Believer and the other one's called Exorcist Deceiver, I believe. I'm not sure. And the next one is going to be like, what's that song? I'm a believer. I'm a dreamer. I'm a. (laughs) It's just going to be like anything that rhymes. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Well, there's some other news out there as well. Like, uh, I don't know if you know that. the Christopher Lander who did Happy Death Day has um, been on to direct the next Scream movie. That's right. So Radio Silence have, uh, <laughs> are, are not doing it. <laughs> well, there's a plethora of uh, cinema movies coming out over the next um, couple of weeks. We've got Meg 2. Come on. Um, the Blackening. Um, Cobweb's coming out. Exorcist's coming out. Fucking Sorex is coming out. There's a lot of horror coming to the cinema. And there's a lot of horror that's making a lot of money this year. So even more than last year. So, I mean, Smile so far, like somehow that one absolutely smashed it. So <laughs> well, I enjoyed Smile. Sorry. I, I quite it's, enjoyed it's called Good Marketing. That's Very what it's good. called. Very good. We'll see what's next. All right. Shall we get on to our main review? Let's do it. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So you're ten. Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. (laughs) All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. <gasps> Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! Oh. 83 seconds, get it off him! <laughs> what if we opened the door, but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! Spirit. They followed us. We have to do something. You want to do it again? Run. They're not gonna stop. What was it? Run. What? I don't know. I let you in. Run. I let you in. Help me! Run. Run. 
So this episode's main review, we went to the cinema and we watched Talk To Me. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an, an embalmed hand, they become hooked on a new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes a terrifying supernatural force. Right, without going into it too much and spoiling shit, I just want your first reactions, please. Talk John, you're the guest. Go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's quite funny because I had no idea what this movie was. So I went in completely blind um, from the title. Talk to me. I thought it was going to be a, a biopic bio of uh, Terry Tibbs on the phone checker. But, um... <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> you want to buy a full desk <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was quite pleasantly surprised by this one. Um, yeah, um, it kind of gripped me like I wasn't expecting to be fair. Um, I, it was very, it was creepy. Yeah, I was quite surprised at how well they did the scares. Um, yeah, I, like as I say, it was quite uh, quite an interesting concept. I didn't have any clue where it was going to go. Um, yeah, I thought the, the scenes when they contact the dead and stuff were really well done. Um, the, the the hell scene that was in it was probably one of the best visions of hell I've, I've seen. And it's been a long time since I've been to the cinema and I've actually, you know, felt the chills a little bit. So it was effective. Yeah, I have to tip my hat. It was a good movie, I thought. But- yeah, I'm not your standard jump scare horror. This was a sort of plethora of visuals um exposed your senses in terms of watching the horror movie very, felt very now felt mm-hmm. very of the now in terms of what it's doing it definitely appealing to a younger sort of generation of horror um horror movie goers which was quite interesting but it felt fresh new and i felt there's a real interesting um item that they've introduced into um the, the horror pantheon i think with that hand i think it's great yeah i very much enjoyed this movie really cool well, <laughs> a big tick from me, guys. I thought it was great. Really did. Uh, the first five minutes, what a way to start a film. Yeah. Because obviously I'd seen the trailer. I knew that was sort of seance Ouija stuff. But actually, the first five minutes of the film take you down a completely different path. And I didn't expect it. It was it was quite visceral, quite violent. Um, yeah. And from there, I just thought it was really good. I thought the way that, like like Paul says, the hand, I thought it was a great bit of, you talk about marketing and prop placement, I just thought it was brilliant. How many of them are going to be shipped out? <laughs> they're going to start buying them. Um, people might start making pin badges of them. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was great. I thought the actors were great. Um, I just thought the whole central concept was really, really good and it was really well done. Yeah. Matt? It was wow. very hip, wasn't it? It was very... Mm-hmm. 8k towards the young people i thought it was very much yeah definitely yeah. like all young people are fucking idiots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you just getting old bitch uh, yeah. <laughs> and matt what you got i hated it every second of it. no i'm joking i'm kidding possibly um this is hands down my favorite movie uh, this year so far fucking well, intended, matt, there. hands down yeah, that that yeah. went over his head. He didn't know that he was. I'm too there. busy loving this film, mate. I literally, I I have not got a bad word to say about this film. Um, 
like the trailer when i saw the trailer i was just like uh i was like here we go again i was like not interested i don't think the trailer gives it any any um you know body to the film it's just like oh another another one um but i just think like literally everything i really i just liked everything in this movie it's fresh it's new it's different the sound design was absolutely fucking off the chain um it, it just it actually scared me i was like i just felt i don't know it's like one of these movies comes along in a in, in a in a blue moon like you know following or you know just like midsummer or something like that and this to me felt like that every literally scene in this movie i loved well it's it goes along with that line to say we watched like hosts a couple of years ago and you've got a couple of brothers from australia the Philippow brothers Philippou brothers who have been an absolute sensation on on the youtube yeah raka raka they're creating like these amazing sort of like um almost stunt videos and stuff you watched any of them a couple, a couple of the Jedi ones and stuff like that since I watched the movie. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're great. They're good watch. And it's like, you know, fucking people enjoy themselves what, filming shit and making stuff. I mean, Brilliant. they've been around for a decade. Like, well, not just okay, kids but then, on the block. You know, I'm not the most person who's watching YouTube every fucking five minutes. So it's not. But like these boys have come up with a, this concept like is fan, absolutely fantastic. Um the characters that they sort of come up with have got depth and like they're really interesting so even like the slow bits and stuff like that you're still kind of like i kind of don't want to know or care about what's going on um but some of the real action and stunts in this movie and the special effects i was like fuck fair play. i mean you know it's sort of obviously we've got the hand obviously we've got these moments of like speaking to the dead and those moments is kind of stunned and shocking they're not like jump scares but they do kind of go oh fucking hell what did i just see and and in the moments of violence especially with um uh, the young the young brother and stuff like that like that was fucking shocking and i was like well fucking done well done on doing on like just being able to deliver that sort of vase of violence in sort of and making it so like prevalent to the movie and not just like necessary i don't know i i really did get on with this for most of it i was impressed with how they did the scares like when the ghosts and that would show up it wasn't like most modern films that are catered towards a younger audience you know like where they rely so much on like the sound system and like you know the big noise and jump scares and stuff this is very much when the ghosts show up it's mostly silent because they're just in shock you know and it was and everything was well lit and stuff but the makeup and everything and it, it was just so well done it's like the filmmaking and the editing and just i was really surprised at how effective it was with so little they didn't have to try so hard to try and push the scares you know what i mean mm, it didn't it, the pacing of it was really well done wasn't it as well it just it just there was no for me there wasn't any kind of boring bits it wasn't no bits that i was thoroughly like kind of just in it and just i, I loved the way Obviously, when there's so many possession films out there, like I was thinking, you know, how they're going to do it, and they they literally done it in a different way, like the way the eyes went black and they kind of take their head back, and I I loved the whole law around, you know, it's got to be 90 seconds. You hold the hand for 90 seconds, you let them in, um, and it's just like, obviously, we're all like, fuck's sake. 
that was way more than 90 seconds. We all knew that that was going to fuck everything up. It did kind of remind me of Flatliners a little bit, though. That's the one thing I'd say. Completely, completely. That that testing. They keep pushing each other. They want to do it for longer. You know what I mean? And then the, the ghosts are not really quite gone. They're still hanging around and stuff. 100%. 100%. But yeah. I, I liked how they this sort of kind of brought the new sort of like you know like a film like kids doing stupid shit at parties. You can imagine people are going to start <laughs> doing this type of shit at a party. You know like Candyman or Bloody Mary or that type of stuff. They've actually sort of made that overnight of this new sort of thing that you'd be a bit sort of oh we'll try it but will I try it? Will I really do it? And I, I thought it was really good. Like you can see, like it's got a bit of a legacy to it. Where like the more and more people that will see it, it'll ingrain itself into a bit of, like popular culture. Whereby you're like, you know, oh let's do the hand thing, like like a Ouija board essentially. So yeah, no, I, I thought it was very clever. Yeah, it was reminding me. Like it did good good job of reminding me of the days when peer pressure was a thing, you know, and you wanted to <laughs> impress yeah. your mates and show how hard you wasn't. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's funny you talk about peer pressure because um it reminded me of a, a moment i had over the weekend about making a certain person um do a forfeit for a hen party that we're out with but you won't name names but there was a lot of pressure there saying even when they were saying do it do it do it <laughs> but um i, I want to talk about the cast really for a little bit because the the main actor sophie wilde now, I heard that basically they, a big studio, took this film on originally um, before A24 picked it up. And there was a lot of involvement about saying that they, they wanted to do different things and, and introduce other things. And they wanted to introduce more law about behind why the hand's there and how you defeat the hand and all that stuff. But the, the weirdest thing is they wanted a really big actor to be in that part to get bums on seats. And and they they stood their ground and they said, no, no, we want Sophie Wilde. They took a million a million dollars hit so they wouldn't have to uh, cast a big name. And then they literally went rogue. And basically they, that's when A24 picked it up because they, they were saying that the Philippi brothers were saying that the, the everything was being taken away from them, the identity of the film. So they, they just said, no, we're not having no more of it. And then that's when A24 picks it up. And I've like, hats off to them. Thank fuck they did. Well, who didn't, who didn't pick this movie up? I mean, <laughs> fucking, yeah, there was a ton uh, of uh, logos at the beginning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like, I was like, film companies put, I, I thought it was like a fucking joke. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Christ, it was like 10 minutes into the movie. And I was like, has it started yet? <laughs> <laughs> that was very interesting. But again, I suppose. I think it was two for the Adelaide Film Festival. I was like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it moved well. And um, I'm trying to, I was looking through the cast. There's not many from uh, EastEnders. And, no, it's EastEnders. Sorry, what the fuck am I talking? Neighbours. Neighbours is gone now, isn't it? Home and away, I don't know. How stereotypical. There was one from uh, one from Wentworth Prison that I could find. Well, <laughs> oh, she was Otto really good. So Miranda Otto, who is Eowyn in Lord of the Rings, that's pretty big. So the, uh, the mum, she was funny, man. She, I thought she was fantastic. To be fair, because you do watch films like this from time to time, and like the, the parents sort of can be the underused character, or the you know what I mean, like written poorly. But she was like a force of nature. Whenever she hit the screen, I was like, Jesus. You're either a really evil bitch or the best mom in the world. I can't really make up my mind, but yeah, that's I the thing. Really 
the comedy element was just right. It's just the just the right amount. Yeah, totally. There was that little nod of it, but when the violence sort of poked in, I mean, can we talk about the violence? Let's do it. Let's talk about that. For, was it Ro- spoilers? Riley, um, when they sort of, you know, he's a fifteen-year-old boy. He's sort of in the room, but he's not really part of it. There's a big montage of them all grabbing the hand, and and you know, you grab the hand. Um, you say you put a candle on you say talk to me and then you they see this thing in front of you terry tips enters your body yeah <laughs> and um and obviously a lot of them are seeing different different dead things different dead people um and then they say i'll let you in and it comes in um whatever he let in was messed up because there, there was one bit before where the <laughs> The kid was like masturbating on the floor and snogging oh, yeah. the dog and all that sort of stuff. It was fucking gross. The montage <laughs> was fucking brilliant, though. It was. I thought that was so well done. The montage yeah. where they just shot after shot after shot. It's just like fuck. That must have took so long. Yeah, it was. Um, it was immense. But then Riley took the helm, and the 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 entity that sort of took him and just started smashing his head on the on on the table, threw him across the room consistent it was it was brutal mental, it? It was really- the the like there's the certain things when that happens now me and butch watched a movie that still isn't out called hosts hosts with an s and there's a scene in that a dinner scene and uh when it happened um i looked at me and butch me and butch just literally looked at each other from the screen at each other and like was shocked mouths open i did the exactly the same thing with Sir, side the serb in the cinema i looked at him he looked at me and, and it was just like i was like i actually said fuck i was like yeah. what and the whole cinema gasped and he never showed you his face into a lot later as well you never really got to see the sort of result you just sort of had to kind of play it in your mind that was a lot of yeah, what he went through when you really, did i was really wincing at the point when you thought he was going to rip his own eyeball out of his head <laughs> But then, then, then the chair flies over, and then he starts hitting his head on the fucking sideboard as well. I just didn't expect that they were going to go that far. And no. like you said, John, that eyeball thing, I was like, are they actually going to do? I, I, I didn't know. I had my hands. I was like, I can I just say on on that point? On that point, it's a fucking fifteen. I'm like, how did they get away with it being a fifteen? How? The only thing I will say about it is that from that moment from which was about i think 45 minutes into the movie i think with that with that moment it didn't really grow from there in terms of the violence and 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 i just felt the movie sort of just stayed there you forget in the shower scene i I remember the shower scene but it wasn't as violent i I agree it sort of plateaued at that point i thought it was going to up the ante and it kind of stagnated but but like john alluded to earlier there was some other fucking scenes in it where you're just like, am I watching Hellraiser? Mm. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but like you're saying like, well, that, that, are you saying until it got to the house scene or are you saying it didn't after that? No, like after the, after the, that, that thing with Riley, there wasn't, it didn't up the ante in terms of you like. Did, you, did, you did see a baby get munched, right? <laughs> did you not catch that? Sorry, <laughs> I think I missed that as well. You in need... the house scene, there's there's a little yeah, looks like a I saw that baby munched in the head. Oh wow! 
You must. No, have... I mean, it was that's... very quick cutting at that Hellasino, wasn't it? It was yeah, very it was... Um, Event Horizon in terms of its cut. It's like I could do what what happened in that scene. I want you know what is going on. Is he? Is See, this, I, is... I don't know. I I tend to disagree with that because I know you're like saying uh, it kind of maybe it plateaued. I I don't think it needed to be. Why did it need to up the ante even more after that? I didn't say it needed to. I'm just yeah. saying it didn't. The scene, the scene, <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, there were some standout scenes. I mean, the fight with her father was also very good. I thought that was quite visceral. It's quite intense. All the scenes when the, the spook show. Yeah, it was very intense. The whole, yeah, supernatural aspects when they kept showing up. But I would say I don't know if it plateaued. But for, for whatever reason, when it got to the very final act, I did zone out a little bit. I don't know why, for what reason. I, it's just like when that whole bit when she goes to the hospital and then she's got the kid in the wheelchair and she's pushing him down the slope. I just kind of was like, oh, it's the film's losing me a little bit here. I don't know. I don't know what the reasons were. I've been I've been thinking about it all week and I can't. And I took turns to see and she said, yeah, I kind of like it's losing me a little bit at this point as well. And by and by the time you get to the actual finale, it should be a really shocking moment, don't you think? And you realise that now she's gone to the other side and it was kind of like played for laughs a little bit at the end i didn't have the emotional impact i was expecting no yeah it didn't no agree it didn't, it didn't for me i liked that moment i must admit i did like that moment but it didn't it didn't have that emotional moment and that's down to the fact maybe i was just like completely at a peak mm-hmm. at that moment and it just didn't drive on from there even though her story like afterwards was fascinating like trying to work out like is she possessed or is she not why why she got some dude's foot in her mouth it, you know <laughs> is it the spirits and all that sort of stuff there were some great moments i like that the like astral projections kind of shit and i thought that was cool yeah yeah i, I like that but but yeah, like one, but like insidious of... like the first insidious movie it fucking went and went and went and then you went into the fervor afterwards and you're like eh. I'm sort of drifting through the further. <laughs> That's yeah. the end thing. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but because I did this, this, this was very good. Yeah, it was only a slight, very slight nitpick that I had. Really, like I just wish their ending was a little bit more handled a little bit differently. I don't know. Like, did anybody like think like I was getting a feeling that the dad was going to be like dead as well, or he was a ghost? Because every time he turned up, there was no no one else around. That, um, that one bit that went through my mind and then and then like you know when the the guy comes and her ex-boyfriend comes and stays with her old foot and mouth um also when they're screaming he's screaming and they shout and stuff the dad don't turn up and i was thinking fuck man are we gonna have like a a situation where dad's fucking dead because it's like you see him in the background at the at kind of the funeral or the the reunion it, whatever it is it did a lot of things with the cinematography which is really unusual like, yeah there was never two people hardly ever in the same shot yeah always when they was talking to someone someone else was a bit out of focus and vice versa yeah, yeah. and i think it was doing it was trying to emphasize the feeling of lonely loneliness and isolation you know and that's mm. why she wanted to she wanted to talk to her mother so much because she just felt shut off alone right even she felt alone and i think it was also i don't know what it was kind of making a statement about how there's always people around but no one really talks to each other you know like Mm. there's many instances where she was not communicating with her dad 
So you go and see a friend and a friend's like constantly looking at the phone, like scrolling through Facebook and whatnot. And it was like no one was really paying attention. Yeah, and paying attention to each other. But they all wanted to contact the dead, which was really weird. So, yeah, Yeah. it was kind of I think it was trying to play like that feeling you have probably when you're grieving, when you're going through when you lost someone and you feel like you're kind of shut off from the world a little bit. And no one no one really knows what you're going through. And also being a teenager and when you've got a lot of angst and stuff yeah. and that's kind of sometimes feel like you're alone you're on your own so i think that was a stylistic choice with the cinematography to kind of mm. sh- that's clever i was kind Very of my, my major with it guys and i don't know if this sort of this sort of ties into what you guys are saying is the ending i i just thought they could have went a bit ballsy with the ending so the dad didn't have to survive mm. yeah yeah uh, you know, I think if, they did that. I think that was an afterthought because didn't it feel like he was dead for reals, right? Yeah, and then they walk yeah, in and he's yeah, just like, holding his neck. I reckon that was an afterthought. They thought, you know, we're probably going to lose sympathy for the character if she outright kills a dad. I think that was probably, you know, something yeah, they did. Like, they and also that gives, that gives her a bit hell of or something. Mm. That also gives her a bit of like no reason to be there anymore either. So sort of the dad's not there, mum's not there. She's fucking. Uh, she just killed him. Like the. the comeuppances after that would be like you know well she'd be fucking arrested or put in a <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean I think they could have went like you said a bit more they, they, they raised it to a height and I think they they stopped before they really sort of like pushed it on like maybe they could have had where her dad dies and then at the end she's sort of reunited with him in the afterlife and she thinks oh my god yay but then he goes to fucking he's been tortured in hell because she finds out when she's dead that he killed her mother really or something do you know what I mean something like that could have really like pushed the film on um but I just thought and like the tweeness of it oh the, the guys the guy's okay now even the guy at the start coming back you know the guy's brother who you think well he's definitely gone and they find him on a they accost him on a bus halfway through the film and he gives it he gives a bit of exposition about the whole thing and he, he sort of tells them the answer, whereas, you know, wait and it'll all be fine. <laughs> but no one listens to him. But it's yeah. almost like a comment. So I, I just thought that was a bit like, well, he should really be dead. <laughs> so I got a question that I suppose bugging me. And still, is, um, so were they fucking with her? Was, was he in hell or was she the one that was like the demon, the, the sort of entities were with her? rather than him to me the way i saw it is that they were trying to trick her into basically making sure he was dead so they could keep him yeah that's what i thought manipulating people yeah yeah so with the whole kind of mother thing like the mother it wasn't really the ghost of her mother it was a demon telling her she must kill you know it was a demon telling her that her dad's a wrong one, that he's not telling you something, it's not all true. That's how I got it anyway. Yeah, like at the start when he stabs his own brother and stuff, it was probably demons telling him his brother's, you know, no good and stuff. Yeah. And then it's, it's so Riley's experiencing the shunting in hell, basically. <laughs> yeah. Why well, get two stores? Why well, get one store? You can have two. Cool. All right. That's good. It was a good, refreshing movie. I really enjoyed talking about this one to be honest it was uh proc to me um yeah really good one but i think we should rate it go on john you're you're the guest you go first um 
as I say, it's it's up there. It's it's not quite a perfect movie for me. It's just shy of being bloody brilliant. I just I, I think it's a solid nine out of ten. To be fair, just as I say, for reasons I can't think of at the end, I just was a little bit phased out by it. I don't know. I was kind of lost me a little bit. But other than that, it was great. As I say, it was really good filmmaking. I was really impressed. Paul, Butch. Uh, Oh yeah, for me it's a nine, hundred percent. Like, um, it's it's so close to being a perfect movie. Even though I didn't say that it played, there was just it just followed a good exposition. It's a really good story to tell. Really interesting new um, introduction to the to the horror in general. I think that fucking hands like so unique and and brilliant. And I want one. Smells smells franchise to me, but we'll see. Yeah, I kind of like the way they didn't give the hand much backstory. It was kind of cool that just to be like, oh, yeah, I got it from this guy and he got it from someone and it probably used to belong to a spiritualist. We don't really know. It's kind of nice to have something that was a bit ambiguous for change, you know. Completely. Jordy Paul? I'm going to go slightly lower just for just the ending. And um, I, I definitely think they should have killed that horrible bitch who fucking owned the hand and was an arsehole. Healy. Is it Healy? Oh, Jesus Christ, she, need, she oh, definitely needed Anyway, so for that, I'm going to give it, but I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, guys. I was thoroughly impressed by it. It was very, very good, so yeah, oh, 8 out of 10. Can I just say one more thing as well? Another slight nitpick. Who the hell still has the crazy frog ringtone on their phone? <laughs> <laughs> just Jay from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> Apparently, that 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 is based on one of their friend's characters, uh, one of the guy's friends in real life. That okay. They went to a funeral and they were at a funeral and his phone went off. It yeah. must have been when that old craze was on. You know, yeah. that, I mean, when was that? The fucking early 2000s? Three years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. I thought that was a very strange decision to put it in there, but now you've given it some context. It kind of... I think, yeah, I think that was more of a personal choice, which is a weird <laughs> one, because I was also like, what? That's like so old, unless it's meant to be like the 2000s, maybe, set in the 2000s. I don't know. Anyway, I give it a nine out of ten as well. Um, for for the first, you know, introduction, like most of these, the cast, it was their first movie. Um, this is their first debut film. They stuck to their guns. Um, they stuck to all practical effects. The soundtrack was brilliant. It kept me captivated the whole way through. Hats off to a man. I mean, if you're getting calls from Ari Aster and Jordan Peele. Uh, and Jordan Peele's FaceTiming you, man. You've done something right in my eyes. Um, I just, I fucking loved it. Maybe, yeah, maybe now talking on it, maybe the ending was a little bit, mm, and yeah, I think it, I hope they don't franchise it out. I really hope they don't fuck it up, especially on that end kind of sting. But apparently, um, them guys have gone on and now they, they're doing pre production, so it doesn't mean they're 100% doing it, but they're doing pre production on Street Fighter. <laughs> Wow. If you look at some of their earlier stuff on YouTube, they do a lot of like um, fatality kills and uh, yeah. lots of Street Fighter stuff. And they've got some interesting, uh, apparently, ideas on how to do the kills. And apparently they've they've traveled to fucking like Thailand or something to meet the real Saget that the game is based on and shit. Wow. It's like, yeah, their research is insane. But that that will be interesting. You get to the keys to them kingdoms, you fucking exploded, don't you? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. And, and they have got another horror. Jean-Claude Van Damme now. 
Yeah. I mean, it could be cool. I mean, because what I liked about this movie is it didn't feel like a studio film. You know, it felt very much indie based and quite grounded. So if they do something like that for Street Fighter, it could be quite interesting. You know, like mm, like bring it down a bit and just yeah. make it a bit more raw. Watch that horrible '90s movie out of everyone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, cool. 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 Um, well, on to next episode's main review, we'll be doing uh, Meg to the Trench. So enjoy that one. <laughs> Go yeah, see that it, bad boy. Right, let's move on to our uh, something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Okay, so this is something to scream about. I've brought a little question to the table. I want to talk about the future of the cinema and films in general at the cinema. <clears throat> because I just want to bring it up because I think with all the strikes going on and we've had a, in Swindon, we've had a cinema actually close. Uh... And on the flip side, um, there's been all the press and the massive kind of thing around Barbie and Oppenheimer saving cinema. Um, I don't know. I just want to kind of have a little chat about why you think it's, you know, what's happening. Why is it not so great? And what's the future? Okay, okay. Let's kick this off then. Uh, See, see it's it's not... The cinema at the moment, like, compared to... If you compare it to the last couple of years, the money's not there as much um has it bounced back from covid like pre-covid don't know but like what's really kind of interesting is this whole ai obviously thing that which is it's how because they ain't they're striking because they not about pay it's more about the fact that it is about pay yeah but, but the studio are take the studio are taking people's rights so it's, you yeah. know what we like black mirror joan is awful is a really prevalent case of the fact that what is actually going on in Hollywood at the moment, where they're kind of like going, right, uh, Joe blogs over here, you get paid 50 quid for today's job. What we're going to do is we're going to, in your contract, we're going to take your face and we're going to stick it in the background of like any movie that we want. So you only get paid once. You don't get paid every single time that you're on, you're on, you're on camera. And that's kind of what it is with the writers as well. The writers are kind of making these TV shows for, or Netflix, which are massive, you look nowadays like strange things. Uh, but because it's not syn- because it's I don't know if it's because of the syndication or the way that like HBO and all that sort of stuff on the TV, they're not getting the back end of it. There's it's sort of seen Netflix and Netflix and it's just they're not getting the money. And so the writers becoming they have to take more and more jobs, I guess, to kind of keep their head against against water. To, I don't know. To put this in <clears throat> to put this in some kind of context. So you know um, uh, David Dasmotin, yeah. right? Has, I don't know has him personally, but yeah. mentioned on Instagram today, in fact, that he he starred in a major, massive movie that was put out on streaming. I'm I'm guessing it's going to be like probably something like Suicide Squad two, maybe. And basically, he he was said he received a residuals check for twenty two dollars fifty cents or something, and this movie's been like streamed over like 500 million times and it's like one of the biggest box office streaming movies and like he that's how much he gets and residuals it's just like what the fuck 
just puts it into context how much that they get paid for nothing. I mean, it's like another person I heard. Uh, so I don't know if obviously Butch you have, to, but the 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 TV show The Bear, um, the writer on that gets a, a amount of money. He doesn't get to work for anybody else because he's contracted for The Bear, which is only like like three months of work. And then for the rest of the year, he can't work. So he gets a set amount of money. And this is one of the biggest shows on streaming right now. So yeah, that's not the only other argument, though. The other argument is always uh, impl- implementing AI into a lot of things now. So they're really worried about just AI taking over, like writing the scripts. <laughs> the computer's just writing the scripts. And like the writers being shunned, so if they feel like they don't take a stand now and clamp down yeah. before you know AI gets out of control, there won't be any people writing films or TV shows or anything anymore. It would just be like probably they're responsible for the concepts and the characters, and then the AI would just take over and just generate I, scripts out of nothing. That's that's because it's, it's. I mean, they're they're not even saying that. They're saying look. Even if you do take an AI script, it's not where it's needed to be that it was perfect. So still writers have to come in and change things. But the thing is, they're not getting credited or paid right to even do that. Yeah. So they'll come in and get paid absolutely nothing to do that. And then they'll carry on. I think what we'll see is the quality of um, TV and movies at the top end going down. And I think we have done. And I think like what you're going to do is have a scene, well, I, a scene, you're seeing a generation of like indie stuff coming up. That's what I think you're going to start to see over the next couple of years, like a lot of more indie breaking through with it all. Um, if they don't, if they don't change it, because I think that it's just so, so that like, OK, so I was like, we like Marvel obsessed, DC, you know, probably like superhero. But at the moment, I'm fucking bored. This is fucking boring. It's like everything yeah, you don't watch. Quantity, so, like, it, why is it, yeah, but it's fucking like stop being three hours, two and a half to three hours long when you can tell a story in fucking an hour and a half and it being awesome. Like uh, it's just like it just it's just everything's been like it's just too big. Yeah. I don't know. I my complaint with the Batman earlier. It was cool when it was just this small story, but then it just went on and they expanded it into this bigger thing and it didn't didn't need to be three hours long, you know. <laughs> well, well that that brings it nicely onto cinemas and the fact that, you know, strip similar cinemas are struggling at the moment. They don't make money on their tickets. They make their money on their food, which is astronomical. Um, and their markup is amazing. And I, I love the cinema and I want it to last and I want everybody to go. I think the whole Barbie Oppenheimer thing is amazing. Barbenheimer, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, me and Butch going to the cinema the other day, we couldn't even find a parking space. And that hasn't happened for about eight years. Oh, it's yeah. Like going that, back into the that, 80s. Yeah, that happened to me on Friday when I went to see Talk To Me. I just couldn't get parked anyway. It's yeah. crazy. And like, <laughs> I, I, I watched Talk To Me Tuesday. And so I was in there by myself but in the small screen, but the small screen was full. That was yeah. great. So for a, for a nice, for a horror. And then, but, but then I was out and in. And they were like, obviously, ongoing Barbie fucking streaming. <laughs> so much. There's so many people watching that movie. It's just on and on you know, and yeah. on. It's not making. Ma- and it, the thing is, considering, uh, considering I didn't see that, like during, say, uh, let's go to take an example, like, I don't know, the first Guardians, maybe, or like some of the Avengers. It didn't feel that busy when I went to see those movies. And maybe because they were on more screens, I don't know. But like, it feels busier now when I'm going to watch movies. I think it was, I think 
because preferably, well, most importantly, the last couple of weeks is that you've had Mission Impossible, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Talk to Me, um, Turtles. They're, they're bringing them all out one by one. And and I think one thing I will say on that, I think bringing Talk to Me out at that time was fucking brave because it's, you know how long it's been? It's not even been in the cinemas a week. If you go and look at times now, they're all phased out. It's such a shame. Um, but I get it, you know, I get it. Can I chuck my 10 pence in? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, so I, I, have, I have one word and it's not used in any sort of context other than, right, it's called balls, right? And I'm talking to every fucking studio executive out there. Have the balls to have conviction in projects, right? So I'm trying to rely on, like, you, you think I've got to get a Marvel film or a DC film out that's going to make me guaranteed money because that's starting to feel that model isn't working anymore because like paul said the quality is shit right start concentrating on the reason people go to see films like talk to me will earn a ton of money off word of mouth people won't know what it is because they haven't been to cinema to see any trailers but someone will go go and see this film it's really scary yeah barbie and oppenheimer i mean oppenheimer's benefited from barbie I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, so everyone knows it is. But Ob and I has piggybacked Barbie, right? But it's an idea. But guess what? The Barbie film, even though I haven't seen it, is supposed to be really good. There's no point bringing a Barbie film out and being shit because people just go and get deflated. Back your writers, back your staff, back the projects and get people in the cinemas because if there's buzz about stuff and there's word of mouth saying this is really good and you need to see it now, people will go to the cinema. Right. If you if you produce a film that's shite, like any DC film for the past 10 years, excluding the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. People aren't going to go and see it because they don't have to because they know it's shit and they'll just wait for it. Either come out on physical or come out on streaming because it's not a necessity to go and see it. Have the balls to fucking say no to something that is guaranteed money. And I use fucking guaranteed in in loose terms and go after stuff that is actually going to challenge people and actually. You know, and it's always going to be hit and miss. But a great film will, whether it does shit at the box office or whatever, and it has its life on physical media, you know, greatest film, one of the greatest films of all time ever, Shawshank Redemption, right? No one went to see it at the cinema, but it's made a shitload of money for New Line Cinema from video sales. Why? Because someone watched it and went, you know what, this is really good, I'm going to tell my mate. And that's how it works. But that, won't be, same, that, that won't be the same movie. That won't be the same movie for a day. You ain't gonna. You ain't got the same levels of um, people buying physical media. This, this yeah, is why. I'm on, trying... but, but I, I predict I am going to do my Nostradamus in a minute. Now, obviously, I work for a, a well-established company. Um, but the thing, the thing that you're probably going to find now with this, this, this get this, this strike, which I fully in support of and fully agree with. Um, I think what's going to happen, net, in order to get things back on track. The streaming giants, who are your Netflix, Amazons, whatever, they need to start paying more money out. So in residual checks or what, however it works, what will then will happen is their catalogue will drop because they can't afford to keep every fucking film and start paying everybody loads of money. So their catalogue is going to get wiped out. You've already started seeing it. Disney are wiping out their own catalogue. <laughs> but my problem is, is like going back to the cinema thing, is that when you're bringing out films like I like guardians volume three and you're bunging it on literally disney plus like two months later that 
to me is damaging it as well why there's a a massive amount of people that are not like us that love going to the cinema there's a massive percentage that go why would i bother when it's going to be literally i could sit in my like living room and watch it how do you think that they can get more people through the doors i personally think that they should show more older movies as well and they need to do more event stuff which Cineworld has started to do on the odd, like you get, like for instance, I told you they got Enter the Dragon, like 50th um, anniversary yeah, coming yeah. up, and it, they they're definitely doing doing more of it. You're seeing it, you know, like the 40, 50, 4K restorations and all this sort of stuff that are like coming off. It's almost like once it was like once every six months. But why not do more? Why not do? Well, maybe, this more. Is it. maybe this is the start of a, of a shift in terms of cinema. You know what I mean? What, what Julie Paul was saying is right. It's like the average every, everyday man's not that bothered. He'll go to the cinema if he's really excited about something. But as you say, unless it's something like like um, Oppenheimer, then he's probably not going to worry too much. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's us movie buffs that are keeping the cinemas going. So maybe they should cater towards us. And as you say, do old films, do releases. You know what I mean? Like, hundred percent. Cater towards more of a niche, niche instead of that, trying to fill these multiplexes with these Marvel movies and stuff, which is like everyone's yeah, they've got too long in the tooth now. They, they need to focus. It needs. To, I, I don't know what the answer is, but they need to. It, it's a shift happening somewhere. Then, yeah. like, I think they're victims. I think they're always going to be victims of the the wider picture, though, because we, I went to see Alien and Aliens in in a double Sean, which is like film buff heaven. You know what I mean? And there was six people in the cinema. <laughs> that is true, yeah. So, which, which is, so I don't necessarily, like, I would love to see every retro film gone, you know what I mean? There's a ton of films I would love to see, but I don't know if that's going to necessarily yeah, go. I've gone to see what, classics and I've been the only person in there. quality of film and the effort from the studios, right, which is, they're never going to get. Barbie, right? I'm telling you now, right, if you look at the figures of how much money they spent on marketing for Barbie, right, They'll have spent a lot, but I don't think they'll spend as much as you think they're going to spend on other films because it was just they they rode the wave. They rode the wave, and Christopher Nolan must be laughing himself silly because the amount of people that went to see Oppenheimer, like I was in the cinema when I went to see Oppenheimer, there was people who went came out of Barbie and went straight into Oppenheimer. And to be fair, I pissed myself when Oppenheimer finished because I thought they're going to fucking hate that, <laughs> but they did it just for the crack. And it's 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 how you tap into that. How how do you how do you go? I need to go and see this. But like you said, Mike, you're right in saying go back to you need to wait four months before it comes out on physical media or a streaming site. Yeah. And yeah. if you really afford to wait that long, it's got to be like, to go it's like the brutal days of the past where you'd have to wait like six months for it then to become rentable or even like a year to, 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 to buy it, to have at home. It was... man, remember hearing about Two. films that came out like the six carrot, months man. before you were going to see it? It's yeah. too instant. Too yeah. And do you remember, like, remember. back in the day, like, that's another thing now that it doesn't help is just the quick turnaround. Films are in and out of the cinema so quickly now that you don't really get a chance. I remember when Jurassic Park came out, that fucking thing was playing for six months. <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when I was like, what, yeah. 10, 11? I went and saw that film fucking five times, first movie I went to see. I was out for fucking, and like, wet, wet, the the, the song was yeah. in the charts. Bro. Right, and it was not oh, wet, wet, wet. Whatever. <laughs> But, you know, he, he man masters <laughs> of the universe. It's, that was on for about twenty years. I, I think we've got to close this conversation because we've got to talk about the next movie. But yeah, like, I saw you were getting bored, didn't you, mate? Yeah, well, a little bit. But like, um, you know, I find it fascinating. I love I'd it. love to see the data on how many 
blockbusters were released each year from like the 1980s compared to now because it feels like now there's like fucking almost well we need a 30 blockbusters a year do you know the interesting thing on this this is where it starts shit starts to get real and the shit really hits the fan is that if netflix amazon disney plus all these streaming sites if they do go down the ad route they have to then tell everybody all their figures and facts and how much they're making how much they're paying because it's all on record and they've got to expose that and that's when it's going to get really interesting I think there'll definitely be a shift in or more of a, and you might think this is wishful thinking for me, but I think there'll definitely be a shift towards physical again, because if you can't get it, you'll have to buy it from somewhere else. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Well, hopefully, but I, I genuinely do think that's going to happen. Anyway. Should we talk about some inbreds? <laughs> <laughs> right then. Hi, John. Go. Hey. Oh, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on to our move from the vault. These are the men. Nothing very unusual about them. Suburban guys like you or your neighbor. Nothing very unusual about them until they decided to spend one weekend canoeing down the Kahulawasi River. Ed Gentry. He runs an art service. Wife Martha has a boy, Dee. Lewis Medlock has real estate interests. Talks about resettling in New Zealand or Uruguay. Drew Ballinger, he's sales supervisor for a soft drink company. Bobby Tripp, bachelor, insurance and mutual funds. Where you going? All right, I'm looking. These are the men who decided not to play golf that weekend. Instead, they sought the river. there anywhere watching us right now we ain't gonna be so nice not hard to follow dragon and corpse film of James Dickey's explosive best-selling novel. Okay, so this week's movie from the vault was my pick, 
and it was 1972's Deliverance. So a quick plot synopsis. Intent on seeing the Kalawasi River before it's dammed and turned into a lake, outdoor fanatic Lewis Medlock takes his friends on a canoeing trip they'll never forget into the dangerous American backcountry. So, boys, well, we'll start with Butch because Butch has never seen this before. So, yeah, um, this is a proper movie. I didn't like it's a movie movie. That's the thing. I don't know. Like I, I get the horror elements in it and stuff like that. And uh, I can see why we'd want to pick and, and, and try and pick this through. But this is like. And I've avoided this for years. And I don't know fucking why. But uh, like I've watched The Deer Hunter um, lots of like those sort of movies around those that era the sort of post um vietnam uh movies and stuff like that and it's like i don't know for this for some reason i just thought oh, God, i don't know i just didn't want to watch a guy get you know raped in the woods maybe i don't know but it's it's, it's a genuinely uh a really good movie like well acted well structured and like well photographers very diy in its approach it's sort of like kind of up my street in the way that it's filmed um, nice little, you know, going on a little canoe trip down the river. You should love Perfect. this shit. You love yeah. all that crap. I got a bow and arrow. I was thinking when I was watching it, I was thinking this this could easily happen to Butch. <laughs> easily. <laughs> Which end? <laughs> 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 right. I mean, it's been. No, I just to give you a bit quick, but a little bit of why why I actually picked this film is this is in like my top five scariest films of all time. I I one of my one of my real fears is sort of that hillbilly sort of hills of eyes type of stuff. Um, so it's always freaked me out, and I've I think I've only ever seen it twice, well, twice before, and um, yeah, it it just freaks me out. It, 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 it still does. So, yeah. So, that's the background of why I picked it. So, so John. Paul, you, you haven't grown mean? up in Swindon, mate. I know I've been out in Swindon, though, so that freaked me out. Only once, never again. <laughs> Go on, so, John. Yeah. John, what did you think? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's really got that hallmark of feeling like it's a classic film, you know? it's As you say, it's very reminiscent of, like, what you said, like, The Deer Hunter or like taxi driver it's kind of like of that ilk you know it's got that real i don't know just something about the filmmaking it just feels like a proper film you know yeah um and yeah it's a good movie i i, I saw it initially i think i was 18 because i remember i was in student halls when i was at uni and the guy next to me was doing a course on american studies some 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 bullshit course i don't know and he's like they've given me a stack of movies to watch and one of them was deliverance he was like you want to watch it and i didn't know any idea what it was about and i remember watching it at the time and just you know that infamous scene really stuck with me i was like bloody hell strange choice for uh, american studies but there you go maybe it was a part of the course where one of the basic wow. i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. But I remember that, it, it, that that some of the visual imagery always stuck with me, and I don't think I'd seen it until now this week. And again, watching it in HD and everything, uh, I was absolutely really floored by the movie making. I thought it was really exceptional. Um, it's got some strange choices in it. Uh, get to I think some decisions that they made was a bit odd, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was surprised at how tense it was. I was really like on the edge of my seat in parts of this, and it 
being an older movie, it still like, had a lot of punch to it. I was surprised at how much weight it had. But yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a good pick. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And uh, just like I think I always saw it when I was a lot younger as well. And it was interesting because I completely, totally missed kind of the the social element of it as well with the fact that they're basically building this huge fucking dam that's going to take away all these houses that they don't really give a fuck about um and it's sort of got that kind of element running through it and with 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 the the kind of you know kind of the comments and the inbred and the kind of like you know are you as bad as them? Are they as bad as you? Kind of thing going through yeah. it. But yeah, it asked a lot of questions, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, what's right and what's wrong. Um, you, you know what I mean? It's just like it has you questioning kind of a lot of different things. Which and I found even back then I was surprised because they're talking about where society is going, and he's all like, "Oh, we're all going to be replaced with machines and stuff." And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Jesus. Talk, talking to machines fucking burt reynolds in this movie <laughs> i had feelings when he showed up he's, like, he's, he's got a, he's got a pretty mouth i mean he was built he was i mean this is he's a very attractive i, I want to get myself one of those cut off fucking uh wetsuit vests man. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, he looked pretty dapper in that outfit <laughs> I think any, anyone who watches the walking dead um daryl dixon ain't got shit on burt reynolds right i gotta read something quickly anfro Rusty carbophobia is a fear of redneps or hillbillies. So there you go. Well, I that's what I have. Yes, hundred percent. Wow. But yeah, it's this is a proper movie that we got to watch. You know, that's 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 what the way I felt about it. And it's like the harrowing scenes and stuff, like that, the sort of nervousness and tension building with the just the simple. Uh, going down the rapids which you know is really intense in sort of those moments that they sell um the the dueling banjo scene yeah we got to talk about that first oh my word it was easy like do you remember like we talked about it's like cabin fever the kid with the cry and stuff like that. it's like that's where that was born from really oh, yeah absolutely 100 um, percent. yeah yeah it's nuts it's like it's just he's a he's a really odd looking chap um long turn <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Wrong turn, hills of eyes, all that sort of thing. But he can play a fucking mean banjo. <laughs> weird. It's the weird, isn't it? He's got. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like that little that kid just, just the way he just is. I mean, he's not. He wasn't really a huge actor, but like literally, it's just like he's so weird and stove stove faced. And it's so funny. Um, I read an article about this actor like a week ago. Which is okay. Coincidence and. Uh, He's worked in and out of Hollywood as the years have gone on, but now he's literally just like working in like a supermarket or something, like stacking shelves. Why the fuck isn't he doing like the circuit, like the, the science <laughs> circuit? Like, he clean up. I think I might have read the same thing, but it wasn't like his official retirement from acting or something. Oh, was it? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't it something like that? Yeah, I think it was. It was like he is now retired from acting. Oh, I was exactly. like, what? <laughs> Right. Yeah, why is he not doing every com- Comic Con? <laughs> yeah. right, that, that scene is so interesting because it, 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 it starts it off and it's just like everything just feels really unnerving from that get go. It's like, and, and for the fact that what I find fucking hilarious is they're just happy to give their fucking cars to complete people that they've just 
fucking slagged off <laughs> and like there you go there's 40 dollars now fucking drive my car and then have the audacity to fucking drive in front of them all the way isn't that one of the themes from the film though mate it's that whole like like we we are a higher class of citizen than you type of thing like sure you will do what I say. If I give you enough money, you'll do what I say. I've got enough money. I'm more educated than you. Even the dual and banjo scene, obviously you've got Ronnie Cox playing the, the banjo at him and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to test you. And actually realises he's great. Now, obviously, Ronnie Cox is sort of like the emotional heartbeat of the film, but it, it's almost that, like, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and one-up you. You can't be as good as me. And actually, he was quite pleased that the kid was great, but the rest he, of them were like, yeah, he's whatever. He's on get, the fence on, guy, isn't on. he? Yeah, it was almost like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, what are you on about? They were actually arseholes. They were arseholes to everybody at the start. Yeah, they're all going very much with a chip on their shoulder and very cocksure of themselves. Like, even when he's driving to the lake, he's like telling them to slow down and why don't you go behind the other car? And he's like, I know, I know my way around there. And he goes the wrong way and stuff. That so, sounds like someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> But 40 minutes into this movie, 40 minutes, we get the the moment. The synonymous moment. Which I didn't think he fought hard enough, to be honest. If someone was going to try and rape me, I'd fight a lot harder <laughs> than did, that. I did think that. I did think that. Or did I you don't just know, think... those looked a bit slippery, you know. <laughs> or, or do you think he just was like, he, he seriously didn't think it was going to come to that. He just thought the guy was fucking with him. Like not literally. I but... mean, I'm sh- I'm sure it's a case of like you know, there's a fucking shotgun there, and I'm like I'm I, and like shock and awe, and like what the fuck? And what, what they make me? I'm not taking I'm not taking my pants off. It's, you got a shotgun in front of me. We shoot me in the fucking head. I ain't living with the fact. Shoot him that... in the dick. Yeah, I don't know. Man. I'll shoot him in the dick if you move. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, did you as a viewer? Well, we knew it was coming, but I was watching this with Ziv, and she had no idea that was. Gonna oh really? Do a rape. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, what? <laughs> so he's raping him. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so she thought he was just like fucking around, you know, like slapping him and like just trying to humiliate him. She didn't yeah. realize it was going to go to that level. So maybe wow. that's character fault, you know? Because know. he 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 was getting really turned on by the piggy noises. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm like thinking. Well, he you know he must have fucked a pig. Right. Like, that is, must have. Because that's, that's what get cool. that gets him going, obviously. That is quite interesting, though, like, because obviously I know I have never seen the film, but I knew this, I knew that was coming. I could hear all the, you know, the the those lines and stuff like that, which you've heard time and time again in like different fucking guises and stuff like that. you got a pretty mouth. I, you know, it's like, fuck, I've heard that fucking thousands and thousands of times in different sort of yeah. pop culture and all this sort of weird stuff emulated and i and imagine watching that in 1972 and just like the first time you're like oh they what a bunch of cunts why is he slapping him why is he riding him like a pig why the fuck has he got his cock in his ass oh god what is he doing to those massive oversized wife fronts oh, to see that in that get into that yeah that view would have been I something mean, it was shocking when i saw it in 98 and i was like 18 yeah. god knows what the fuck people thought in 72 so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean I mean, and not only that, old John Voigt gets literally tied to the fucking tree to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. The dread is, you know, he's next. Yeah. Because you're like, Which, they're yeah, done with. Him as well, though. Doesn't it feel like he's not trying very hard to get out of that strap just around his neck? <laughs> he's got like the pipe stuck in there. That's not going to do much, is it? It's just making him breathe a little bit. I do. I did think that. I just thought, oh, I'm not going to let my mate get fucked up the ass. I'm just not going to do it. 
not, sorry, Matt, I wouldn't let it happen to you. That was it. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And I would have fought a little bit harder, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> then the whole moral... You, you might quand- like the thing of the collar on the tree against your neck, Matt. You never know. <laughs> the moral quandary afterwards, though. I don't know. That For me, that's not really that... Yeah, they, they, that was an interesting sort of scenario in terms of debate um, about are we going to bury this guy or what we're going to do? Are we going to go to the police? All this sort of stuff. So you can't really go... Th- there's no like you're in. A, there's no witnesses and all this sort of shit. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed that part. I was like literally scratching my head, thinking, "What would you do in this situation? Like, what a fucking dilemma to be in." Um, and it's just like back and forth. For what? Yeah, I, I think all of us would agree. You just fucking ditch the body somewhere, right, and just run. Mm. Right. <laughs> all right, Bert Reynolds, calm down, calm down, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I was fucking about trying to bury it. I would just they did with the other guy, put some rocks. rocks yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Right in the river, done. And then get this the place is going to this place is going to be underwater in a couple of months. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I was I would just eat, I would be like. uh Hello, <laughs> I was the one who was raped. I'll make the decisions. <laughs> right, so we've we've already established right now, lads. We've just established that. Um, right, John is Burt Reynolds, Matt is John Voight, I'm Ronnie Cox, and Paul's Ned Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> he does do a good impression. <laughs> That's another thing as well, right? After he's been raped, they're supposed to be good friends in that, but they don't seem to be like that consoling to their friend that's just been. They kind of brush over it. <laughs> like, no one comes over and says, you're right, mate. How are you doing? They're all just worried about what they're going to do with the body. Yeah, how's your ass? Yeah. <laughs> do you need some Vaseline? But he does say, though, doesn't he? He's like, I don't want anyone to know. He's like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about. So oh, sort of like, all right, then, well. But I still would have buried that body a lot deeper, like fucking handles sticking out and shit. It's like, what the fuck, boys? Come on, dig deeper. I mean, he did sort of, he did say later, obviously, it's like, I, I, I'm not going to see you guys for a while. Yeah. I'm going to go and hide. I'm not going to see you again. <laughs> but yeah. I, I did think Bert Reynolds' character at that point took, it took it a complete different tone. Like, it almost felt like he was like a man without anything to lose. Mm. I, I don't know if I was watching it thinking, has he got some past to run away from? And this is like, the reason he wants to do this type of shit is because he's like, I don't know, there's something going to happen to him soon. Well, it, they, they really, I... they, they really latched on that thing of that he doesn't give a shit about life. The way he drove, the way he doesn't really have any kids, he's just fucking like full on, one hundred. Yeah, so in some kind of way, he's sort of glad this happened. And, but again, and, and it never this... says that, but it, you feel like he's like, well, whatever, what about it? <laughs> It's that deer hunter of all. They didn't allude to it as much in this movie, but I have to imagine that because it's like the whole post-Vietnam War, they have to kind of had that some that they have to have been some kind of interaction with that with that era. So that you know that has to be a reason. But they, they didn't really go into it in this in this movie. I don't think. I don't think they even said whether they've come back from Vietnam or not. But it felt like to me that if they're sort of living in that era, then they kind of had to be that whole PTSD. Um, thing, that's I don't the know. great thing about that, that type of film, Paul. It, it it leaves you with these questions that you have to think about and you have to just stay it on it. And I love that type of stuff. Well, another question is that he wasn't shot, right? Their mate wasn't shot yeah, on the that boat. Was so confusing, right? Well, I'm the only one thinking no. that. It's like it, 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 he just took a nose nosedive into the. I water. rewound it and like I'm like he didn't get shot and like he just he just <laughs> he wasn't couldn't cope and so he just fucking dove off the edge i think yeah that's, that's it he wasn't shot he just couldn't cope with the whole moral ambiguity of it all he was like which may which makes the next bit even but worse doesn't that 
didn't you think that was too quick though? Like you see yeah. him paddling and he's like, Where are your life life preserver? And he's like ignoring him. And the next minute he just takes a nosedive into the water. There wasn't much build up to that. It felt no, bit, I felt that was a bit I felt a bit disjointed at that point. Yeah, it came out of left. I know what I was going for, as you say, he did, his conscience was eating at him, but it just it was too True. But he's, but the kind of guy that he is is like you think oh he's quite a strong-willed person because he 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 is very kind of lo- looks at both sides of the kind of things like you know we should report ourselves as like and he's got like a wife and kids at home it's just like that's what made me think well oh, he's like it's, that's a bit of a weird one I, I think he should have been like n- like just maybe knocked in or something by accident. I was kind of hoping when they discovered his body that he had been shot. I was like that would make more sense you know? yeah mm, or I, I suppose what would have been good if Burt Reynolds had sort of pushed him in or done him over type of thing because mm, he knew he wouldn't be able to handle yeah. like he would have folded under questioning or what a departure though that Ronnie Cox from what he plays in the uh, rubber comments <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just went into then like like serial villain which is <laughs> such a just position it's unbelievable uh uh-huh. I was watching it, I'd get my head around it. I was like, I can't believe that's the same guy. <sighs> fuck, I didn't even fucking put those two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's quite different. Do you know, you know, you're familiar with Ruiz in Robocop? He's the fucking guy with the glasses, right? No, not the guy with glasses. The one who's in the board. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about Total Recall now. That guy in Total Recall. Who's he in Robocop? He's the one that's like he's like uh, the leader. No, he's, he's like the OCP chairman. Yeah, he's, he's the one that gets shot by Ed Two Nine through the window in a suit. Ah, yeah. okay. Fuck, I didn't. See, I haven't put that together. Yeah, okay. the the chief in a Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah. Blimey. <laughs> but but I mean, after this, there's not much else going on apart from like the investigation, going back to sort of society and stuff like that. And obviously, the movie just goes. Obviously, what's his face? Wait, wait, hold up a minute. Can we not talk about what happens after that? Like he takes a nosedive. So then they go yeah, down. Can we to... talk about what happens with John Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go down the the rapids and stuff, and the canoes all get fucked up, and they all like that's pretty gnarly. When uh, Burt Reynolds' leg is all fucked, he's got a broken leg, and you see the fleshy bit sticking out from the bottom. Yeah, and then uh, John Voight then decides to become Rambo, doesn't he? And goes climbing <laughs> up the mountain, leaves the fat one down at, at the bottom there, and uh... <laughs> wow, he's got a sore ass. <laughs> Guys, you wouldn't go rock climbing with a sore ass, would you? But I have to, I have to comment on the very much hokey day for night shots that they included. I almost thought he had a, a psychedelic trip when he was climbing up the mountain there. But did, did you notice that? How, how weird <laughs> the sky? Yeah, and that was. It, it, it did feel a bit like padding. <laughs> they feel like about. I can understand why they did it because it's very difficult to do night shoots, especially in a, a real location like that. But. Uh, yeah, it did make me laugh. So the film was pretty much flawless in its cinematography, and then you got this hokey uh, day for night. But then when he encounters the other redneck on top of the uh, thing, how the hell did he manage to impale himself with his own arrow? Like, that's some unlucky shooting. Because I thought, because I, <laughs> I didn't even think he shot the guy. I was like, oh shit, he shot himself somehow, yeah. and then the guy comes out and he's got an arrow for him. So like, 
Yeah, he shot the guy but fell backwards as he did it and then impaled himself on his like quiver essentially. Right. That's pretty genius, I thought, the way he did that. Okay. I'm sure then the doctor asked him how he did that later on in the movie. He don't say nothing. Pretty embarrassing, yeah. I fell on an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that bit though. I loved the bit where he obviously does it and he's like, right, pulls himself together. Because the guy's not a killer. Like it's not mm. like that's the thing with Burt Reynolds, is Burt Reynolds like the alpha male, like, fuck it, I'll just do what I need to do, survive. He's like the straight guy who's been tucked down this path that isn't like he, he doesn't want to do it, but he, he's the only one who can do it. Um, and then when he kills the guy and he. I don't know if they, I don't know if they switched actors, but it definitely doesn't look like the same actor. No. And you're sort of looking at it going, shit, has he killed the wrong person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he feels like he's killed the wrong person because obviously he checks his teeth. He did kill the wrong person. Did, yeah, he did kill the wrong person. Oh, it he wasn't the wrong. But I wasn't sure. I was like, is it? The he guy? did. He yeah, right it was the wrong. That was the, that was a different different guy. That was yeah. that, that was the sheriff's brother, wasn't it? No, but he, he checks his teeth, and he's 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 wearing false teeth. Yeah, he took his teeth out. Yeah, he yeah, did kill were, the right guy. It, I the, don't. The guy, think... the guy who raped the guy was the sheriff's brother. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he was the guy that they murdered and buried. So they definitely yeah. killed the right person then. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Because right. okay. I was That's a bit thrown by that. The reason I was thrown by that is because they take a shot of the, the not the sheriff's brother, but the other guy with no teeth. They take a shot of his hand and he's got a wedding ring. And that's why I thought that was, I got that. I got the feeling that that was the sheriff's. Um, no. Oh, well, I got it wrong then. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair it enough. Does, it does. It does lead you to believe because he's like, no, no, no. He's sort of saying no because he doesn't recognise the guy. Because I, I thought that was. I thought that pulls his false teeth out. And he's like, all right, fair enough. It is. I him. thought that was the moral quandary that it was like they actually yeah. killed a hunter guy because that's why he was out hunting. And I didn't. I didn't realise that. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the character is supposed to be as ambiguous as what we are. So whether it's a. Very cool. But yeah, it's, it's cool. It's clever in that way. But as I say, it answers a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that, you know, leaves your mind to ponder. Mr. Luther. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, it's surprising to me because I didn't, after the like, I always remember the film just finishes, they like, they, they kill the guy and then it ends. And then, then to go to that other house. And if the police get involved, I, don't remember, I didn't remember that part at all. And I found that all to be really tense. I was like, oh, yeah, in the that, you don't know if they're going to get away with it. Yeah. Oh, and they do. They do. But old John Voigt's having some bad dreams. <laughs> Should we get on to some uh, Matt's facts? Let's yeah, let's see do it. Yeah, I've got some good ones here. So while filming in the white water canoeing scene, Ned Beatty was thrown overboard and was sucked under by a whirlpool. A production assistant dove in to save him, but didn't surface for 30 seconds. Sir John Borman asked Beatty, how did you feel? And Beatty responded, I thought I was going to drown. And the first thought was, how will John finish the film without me? And my second thought was, I bet the bastard will find a way. <laughs> Um, apparently, Burt Reynolds broke his coccyx tailbone <laughs> while, <laughs> while going down the rapids when the canoe capsized originally. Uh, a cloth dummy was used originally down, down the stream, but it looked too fake. 
So then they decided to um, send him down and he broke his coccyx, which is fucking crazy. Um, according to director Sir John Borman, the gas station attendant's jig, the dueling banjos, was unscripted and spontaneous. That fucking was freaky, that dancing. I'm sorry. Yeah. That added to it big time. It's so weird. Um, this is uh, this is the movie Burt Reynolds appearing appeared in as opposed to the God, godfather in 1972 he was being considered for the part of michael michael corleone um but brandon said that if burt reynolds was in his movie he would quit <laughs> 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 yeah following the film this is uh, my, i love martin brando <laughs> but butcher loved this butcher loved this next one following the film tourism increased to to rayburn county by the tens of thousands by 2012, tourism was the largest source of revenue in the country. John Voight's stunt double for his film, Claude Terry, later purchased equipment used in the movie from Warner Brothers. And then he founded what was now the oldest whitewater rafting adventure company in the Chattatooga River Southern East Expeditions. By 2012, rafting had developed as a $20 million industry in the region. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Now, 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 now. I will admit, though, when they first started off on their little canoe trip, when they were just paddling along in the beginning, I was quite enjoying it. I was like, oh, this is really nice. Pretty close. It does look nice. (laughs) However, I want to know how many tens of thousands of those people were looking for a good old bumming. How many many of them had pretty faces? During the filming of the canoe scene, author James Dickey showed up inebriated and got into a bitter argument with Sir John Borman, who had rewritten Dickey's script. They had a brief fistfight in Borman's, and Borman's nose was broken and four of his teeth were shattered. Dickey was thrown off the set, but no charges were filed against him, and the two reconciled and became good friends, and Borman gave Dickey a cameo as a role as a sheriff at the end of the film. Okay, <laughs> and this is this is fucking crazy. My last one, to minimise costs, the production wasn't insured, and the actors did their own stunts. Oh wow! So all that talk about insurance was no. a, a dig at like we don't oh, we don't need no. insurance. Fuck oh, it. Clever. See, this yeah. in, uh, real men made real movies. This is why a cinema is is in an estate it's in. Well, that, that's it. Yeah, agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two million. I looked at it. It's about two million budget estimated, and then like it made about like less than five gra- five five thousand dollars. Oh the really? So oh, it's really. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if they... It's weird though, because it's such an iconic film. You thought it would have smashed it upon its release, mm. especially with the tourism. Fastest, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know, mate, but I don't know. It was before the summer blockbuster that was Jaws. So who knows? Um, cool. That was really cool. Um, rating this bad boy then. Mine's a nine. <laughs> well, I so I picked it, and um, it's it it is one of my all-time favourite. You can argue if it's a horror film or not, but for me, it scares the shit out of me. So um, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, guys. I love it. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with the 9 rating as well. I think it's just a couple of bits in it that just hold it back for me from being a 10. As I say, just some weird stuff that didn't quite make sense to me. You know, like the guy taking a nosedive into the water and 
painting himself on his own arrow and stuff. And oh, and another bit when he just like decides to discard the weapons after he shoots the guy. He's like, oh yeah, my job's done here. Thanks. I don't need this crossbow. I don't need this shotgun. <laughs> it just launches him into the water. It's like it's like Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween just throwing a knife away. It's like, what were you doing in the seventies, man? Jesus. <laughs> Burt Reynolds would have just charmed his way out of any situation in that film. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nine for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's, I've enjoyed it more second time round. I, I think I took more in. Um, and uh, yeah, interesting watch for me. Yeah, it, it definitely. It. It's definitely like as I'm an older person now, like more mature watcher. So I, I've definitely got a lot more from it this time round. Mm. Mm. Cool. Right then, we, we've got a guest, John. Butch, Alicat, you, didn't, John. you didn't actually give your score. Mine's, I mean, mine's <laughs> not. Mine's in at the start. He said it was I sli- a nine. I slipped it in. It wasn't. Oh, it's did you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> slipped it in. He slipped That's it in like hot. a hillbilly's crotch. Wee. Right. Moving on to yeah, so we got to go, our next pick, and I think that's uh, John. Have you bought one with yourself to? For us to watch next time. John in the darkness with a scary. <laughs> right. John, so just John. before you go, just just before you go, the last two guests on the pod have um, made us watch avocados and people eating shit. So yeah. <laughs> no I pressure. Suppose, I suppose I should be kind to you this time. Please, 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 please <laughs> let it be horror. Please I, let I it was be thinking horror. avocado jungle women part two, as I said to Matt earlier. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I I'm going pick, to pick one that is an 80s classic that doesn't really get talked about as much as it should. I I, I don't know if we, I think Matt has definitely seen it because it's on his shelf. I can see it right behind him. Um, it's on your VHS. It's at the top, top one. It's The Blob from 1988. Oh. Yes! <laughs> that is a great pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. It's That's a, a good pick. It's a very good film, and if you haven't seen it, what, what are you doing with your life? Pull <laughs> it, uh, it right I, back. Pull it right back into the horror. I like it. I do not believe I have seen this. Oh, you're in for a treat then. Make sure you're right, I have seen the, right the Blob, way. but I don't think it's the 80s one. So. No, I think I've only seen the um the like 50s or 60s one. Oh really? So yeah, I'm not the only one that's seen it then. Oh wow. Which is the one with Steve McQueen in it? <laughs> yeah, it's the 60s. Yeah, well, that's so. the one I've seen. So. Cool. That is a great, great pick. pick. Nice one. Cheers for coming on, John. That was good fun, man. Yeah, it's always yeah, good. It's good John. laugh. We really enjoy coming on the pod. And John, just quickly, okay. where can people find you? Where can they find me? Yes. In the woods, mostly. Green <laughs> 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 like a beach. <laughs> I was giving you the opportunity to plug your <laughs> website. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, alleycatgraphics.com. I do a lot of uh, art, genre-related artwork. Um, and I have a pick coming out, probably the, the week the podcast drops. So I'm going to be doing a T, T-800 from the Terminator. I don't know if you can see it. Let's have a look. It might be because it's too dark. Oh, oh my oh, god! Right. It's, well, there's there's three purchases already. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's metal. It's all metal. You have to look. Wow, at it. mate, that's shiny. Yeah. But uh, it looks like that's like you fucking you open a sticker packet. <laughs> <laughs> shiny. Uh, John, John, just so you know, mate. Um, I the other day in Dublin, I got asked, 
um, I got offered actually thirty-five euro for the Archer Danger Zone pin. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Just because it was on the back of my backpack. Oh, you could have sold. I, mean, I told, I told them to fuck off. It's, it's priceless. The money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's priceless. But uh, yeah, just so you know. So yeah. Oh, wow, that's wicked. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, uh, everyone. Out of, everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, if you'd like to take the time to. Uh, go on to pod- uh, Apple Podcast if you listen to it there and do a little five star review that'd be lovely I know we're getting a, lot, uh, a few more listeners these days to, so if you wanted to show your love show your appreciation it always helps the podcast to get to get it out um, I'd like to just thank uh, John Joe Reviews as well as well as enough someone else to go and check it out we saw um, the other day definitely worth going out and checking his stuff on uh, YouTube while we're here and um yeah, moving on to the next the next episode. We've got Meg to the trench. Come on. We know how we feel about the Meg. Whew, can't wait. Um, yeah, I'll something to scream about. We will be bringing another beautiful conversation. And John's just pulled from the vault. I think it's 1988 or 1989's The Blob. Cannot bloody wait. And there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath Pod at Hotmail.com.